surgeons keep our hearts beating. They do the amazing, help save lives, and so can you. Your CSL Plasma donation can help create 24 critical life-saving medicines that can give Grandpa the chance for his heart to swell when he meets his new grandson or give a bride the chance for her heart to skip a beat on her wedding day. Every plasma donation helps more than you know. Do the amazing. Help save lives. Donate today at your local CSL Plasma Center and be rewarded for your generosity. Welcome to Let's Talk About It, a safe place to discuss all the uncomfortable things, especially sexual and mental health. I am your host, Taylor, and today is an episode with some serious discomfort. Um, Before we get to uh, today's episode, I have a few things I just want to cover with you all. Um, One of them, uh, to start off, is that you might have noticed that we are back and run in on the podcast Instagram page. So if you do not follow us there yet, it is at let's talk about it underscore podcast and going to be sharing some behind the scenes of when we are recording uh, some more information about our guests. You guys can easily follow them there and uh, just some fun, like good quotes, things to remember throughout the week, some takeaways from each episode. Um, I'm really enjoying creating more of that content for the Instagram page. Uh, so hope you guys check that out. And second, I shared last week a listener survey because I want to learn more about you all and what you're enjoying about the show and what things you want to see more and all of that good stuff, where you're located in case we want to do some live podcasts, all that's good stuff. It takes maybe a minute to complete this survey and it's linked both in the bio on my Instagram page at Tamoka and also the podcast page at let's talk about it underscore podcast. So if you go to either one of those pages and click the link in the bio, there will be a, another link to the survey that will take you less than a minute and really help me out. So I super appreciate uh, after the episode if you guys could check that out. And the third item on my little list here that I want to cover um, is that I've been receiving a lot of tweets about this season of The Bachelor. And I don't typically cover The Bachelor on the podcast. Uh, in the next two episodes, we'll have Astrid back on. So I'm excited about that. But uh, I've just there have been some things I've been hearing about this season so far that uh, I might be doing an episode on soon to cover. So if that is something that you are interested in, definitely drop me a comment or a message on the in, on the podcast Instagram page. And uh, yeah, just a lot of like girl dynamics that I feel like might need to be discussed. (laughs) Um, So let me know your thoughts on that. And lastly, I will say before listening to this episode, if you have not listened to episode 91, uh, which was 99 Ways to Own Your Anxiety with Julian Brass, highly recommend going back and listening to that one. Not necessary. However, the first 15... 20 minutes will make a lot more sense. (laughs) Um, At the end, just for a little bit of context, in case you don't go back and listen, um, Julian, (laughs) at the end of our last recording, he was here in Seattle and 
we we were talking about his book and in the book it was talking about you know ways to relieve anxiety and part of that was like physical touch and I brought up masturbation as a part of that and just noticed this like visible discomfort for Julian and we talked about it after recording and I didn't push it when we were recording but I was like this is going to be another episode (laughs) and Julian knew that when I reached back out to him heading to Toronto to record this episode with him. And just want to thank him right off the bat for leaning into this and for allowing me to ask him these questions and just sharing the space with me because I know it can be uncomfortable to talk about sex things, especially in a, in a public way, but really enjoyed where this conversation went just in terms of, you know, we, we talked about um, relationships and sex and like the intention around sex in relationships. And he challenged me in this conversation and I learned a lot from him and um, I think he also was able to learn a bit from me and was very open to hearing my perspective of things and it was just a real wonderful conversation to have with him even through the discomfort of it Um, but sometimes you just gotta laugh through it and you know that's where all the good stuff is so I hope that you all are ready for this episode and Definitely have, you know, open ears, open hearts, open minds as usual going into each episode. And uh, without any further ado, let's talk about it. All right. So welcome back to the show, Julian. I'm so excited to be here now in your apartment. We traded. (laughs) It's great. Yes, we have we have traded places. Um, so last time I had you on the pod, we talked a lot about owning your anxiety. You had the book coming out, and now the book's out. It's been out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Like as you say that, so many moments and memories go right through my head. Yeah. Holy smokes! It was <laughs> it was t- it was over two months ago that I was with you. It's yeah. crazy. Wow. It feels like it was like yesterday. Yet I've been like in a million places. Okay. Anyway, yeah. thank you for that nostalgic reminder. <laughs> yeah. Do we need a little trip down memory lane? Like how have you been managing your anxiety through all of this? <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I actually found myself reading my own book many times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing about when, you, when you're a creator, whether it's you know a visual artist or a musician or an author... Uh, when you put your work out, it's like you you kind of channel it, mm-hmm. right? It's so in a way when I read my own book, it's not like it's like the, like like just mine. It's like the mm-hmm. universe is and like God yeah. like used me as a vessel to share with the world. So, and a lot of the book was written even two years ago, right? It's, it was a long process to write and then research everything. So like some of it I actually forget writing, and uh, it was therapeutic to read that book like before about to go on live TV or you know a big podcast or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that helped me manage my anxiety, and you know, I, I, I just, I had to, I had to, like, literally, like, be my own student, like, as if I was the teacher here, but I was also mm-hmm. the student listening to the teacher. I would go in, see the anxiety, see that negative nervous energy, like, while I'm in the green room before I'm about to go on some live TV show in some yeah. city, um, some of which I've never even been to, which is kind of funny, mm-hmm. uh, like Seattle, yeah, um. And I would just be like, okay, like, you know, the energy's here right now and it's, it's confused. It's not going to serve you. Mm-hmm. So do various tactics to take the energy and then shift it. And it actually helped me and it mm-hmm. worked and it's possible for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've gotten a lot of messages from people after that episode just about 
how valuable that content, that episode was oh, that's for people. Oh, so good to hear. Of, you know, reading the book and, and hearing you speak about it, that it provided them with a lot of tools to be able to manage their day-to-day anxiety. And I, I love that, like, being your own student kind of mm, a thing, being yeah. your teacher and student kind of in a way, playing both of those roles. Right. Because um, I think that... I think that's an important thought to have because I think sometimes we feel like we need other people to teach us things and in a way it can help, it can make us feel somewhat helpless, right? And that like we need someone to guide us through and it makes us feel like we don't have any agency in our lives. Uh And when in reality, like we do, and I think we have to give ourselves credit for that sometimes too. Like we might not always have it together and there are definitely things that we don't know, but at the same time, there are a lot of other things we do know For that sure. we can teach ourselves and we can remind ourselves of and, and guide ourselves through. And I think that kind of gives you a little bit of like empowerment and, um, I don't know, just a stronger belief in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, it does. We hold the answers to so many things mm-hmm. and we just forget and we get so disconnected from ourselves. So like if, if we're standing, you know, right here, life takes us so far away from right here. Mm-hmm. So it's just having little tools that will remind us to bring us back to right here mm-hmm. that allows us to then go and say, oh, yeah, I actually do hold the answers. I do hold the keys. Yeah. Right? But that's, I mean, that, that is, if you think about, like, what is the purpose of yoga and meditation and, you know, the deepest sense of your 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 spiritual self-awakening, mm-hmm. it's, it is that. It's just to come back to you. Yeah. It's not like go and meditate and like become somebody else. Mm-hmm. Like, no, like maybe some new school person would say that, but like that's actually, it's so far from like the source and, and the origin of meditation. Mm-hmm. All of these things, it's just about coming back to you, Yeah, you know? And like, that's really what it is. So, mm-hmm. and just to your point, we hold the answers. We know what we need, mm-hmm. right? Everyone yeah. listening, you know what you need. It's in you. It's just that there's so much fucking noise that we don't listen, mm-hmm. right? And listening to ourselves is a skill that needs to be honed. It needs to be trained. We got to work on that. Mm-hmm. I can listen to your podcast all the time. Sure, I'm your biggest fan. But Thanks. can I listen to myself? Mm-hmm. Can I make it quiet enough in my mind to listen? Mm-hmm. That's the real challenge. And that's, you know, spiritual growth. Yeah. Wow. Holla at me. That was... Yes, to all of that. Yeah, thanks, Damn. Little rant there. Damn, yeah. Just like rewind that piece and like listen to that again. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, one thing I want us to get into a little bit today, I might make you a little uncomfortable. Which... You tried last time and you felt like you didn't go deep enough. I knew this was going to come. <laughs> yeah, last time I was like, all right, let's like, you know, see. And then I was like, yeah, you're like, you're a little uncomfortable. I'm like, that's okay. But like, yeah, I'm going to see if we can, like, go there a little bit. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> when you were like, hey, Julian, I'm going to be in Toronto. Do you want to <laughs> do another podcast? The first thing I thought of was what you said to me when you stopped recording the last one yeah. at your place in Seattle, which is like, you got really uncomfortable a couple of times when I talked about sex and stuff like that. You know that, right? Yeah. And I'm like, okay, shit, she's going to want to go there. Yes. I yes, am yes, ready yes. for you. <laughs> That's my Arnold Schwarzenegger voice. Yes. Um, so yeah, what what about that made you uncomfortable? Can you just talk about that? Well, I don't remember the exact bit? thing you said, but I remember what you said after about my mm-hmm. reaction to what you had said. It was uh, masturbation. Oh, 
Okay. Yeah, because it was about um, there was a piece in the book about uh, oh, what was uh, it? about about self love. Yes, yes, but there was a piece that also had to do with something about like physical touch, like yeah. getting back in touch with your body in a way. And yeah. I think it was also in addition to self love. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, like when I think of that, like I think of masturbation. Right. <laughs> right. And you were like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, masturbation does not make me particularly uh, off center yeah. or or embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, so I'm happy to discuss that if you'd like <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, well, I'm curious. I mean, part of what we didn't go super deep into in that episode, because I was also like, I'm making him hella uncomfortable right now. But the the how the practice of masturbation can relieve anxiety. Um and it's a topic that I have found really important to discuss on the pod, in part because a lot of the women that follow me on Instagram and that listen to the podcast, I've gotten feedback from about how they experience a lot of guilt and a lot of shame around masturbation and also how it's something new that they're trying to uh, explore and be curious about in a non-judgmental way with themselves. And so I think hearing people talk about it helps take some of that away and also like sharing those personal experiences helps other people rem- like feel like they're not alone and also just I don't know it's it's empowering to hear you're I not think. alone as you masturbate this is a group <laughs> masturbation session well I mean we could talk about mutual masturbation we can talk have about anything you, ever- you want <laughs> I'm yours Taylor <laughs> have you ever experienced mutual masturbation uh, you know what I mean by that? I, I, can you just articulate to make sure? yeah so mutual masturbation and to also arouse your viewers <laughs> <laughs> Mutual masturbation is essentially when you and your partner um, or partners, whatever you're doing, um, are in the same space and you kind of are both like touching yourselves. You're not touching each other and you're essentially just like watching each other masturbate. Um, sometimes that can be done over like FaceTime, right? Like a sexy FaceTime kind of a thing, um, but also like in person. And I think it it can be something that's done as foreplay. It can just be done fully on its own. Um, doesn't have to be followed up with anything else, but um, I've experienced it a few times. Did you like it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a very visual person. And so I I find that it also is helpful for me to like watch my partner masturbate because then I kind of know how they like to be touched or how they how they receive pleasure when they touch themselves. So then I can learn and observe how I can touch them. Um, so that part I like just yeah that makes a lot informational of sense. wise. I'm like <laughs> gathering data in my head, um, but then it's also just arousing, right? Like to watch your partner um, arouse themselves, right? To pleasure right. themselves. That that is something. At least that turns me on. I don't think I'm alone in that. I think most people enjoy that. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Is mutual masturbation something that you've experienced? I have done that. Yes. I've experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious on a scale of one to ten of like where your anxiety is at in this conversation. I'm feeling okay. okay. I, I'm 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 you know letting. I want you to drive this conversation, and and yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Yeah, yeah. So I guess like if we go back a little bit, like when you were growing up, were there conversations around sex? Like at home? Yeah. Uh, I don't think we dove too deep. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I don't. No, no, definitely no. not. It was my brother and I, and we were like quite awkward to talk about it, yeah. like with my mom. And yeah. my parents are divorced. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would see my dad. We have a very good relationship. We had one and we still do. Um, but I don't remember really speaking much about sex, at least not like in detail. Maybe yeah. if I had a crush on a girl or yeah. something, we would like talk about that. Mm-hmm. But no, not like how do you pleasure a woman? Yeah. That never came up. Yeah. Yeah. When did that start to come up in your life? Uh, when I started to pleasure women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. like, I guess in my like late teens, like mid teens, late teens. Yeah. 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 I think in a, a few episodes ago, I was discussing uh, virginity and this okay. whole concept of like losing virginity. Right. Right. And I mean, I think for teens, that whole concept can provoke a lot of anxiety and right. a lot of nerves around sex, um, that it feels like something is, you're losing something, right? And that that's like a very monumental moment. Mm-hmm. Um, are, you, are you comfortable sharing about virginity or the, your, your first time perhaps of like emotionally what that experience was like if you felt any of those pressures like around virginity? Like, I know it's different for guys than it is for yeah. girls when they first have sex, but right, right. always curious to hear yeah. what that. Um, here's the thing. Before I sort of go right into answering your question, I've had, like, a major spiritual awakening uh, that occurred about five years ago. Oh, yeah. And within that, there is, like, all of the relationships that I hold to sex. Mm. Okay, so... How I viewed sex before that and how I do now okay. is extremely different. Yeah. So, like, I lost my virginity when I was 16. And, I mean, it was the furthest thing from how I would view sex. Literally, that's I'm 36 now. I just turned 36. So 20 years later. Mm-hmm. Happy belated. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that I look at it today mm-hmm. is that if that first – sexual encounter means something major, Mm -hmm. then you're not losing anything. You're gaining something. Absolutely. And the way I looked at it as a teenager was, holy shit, some of my friends have had sex. What's it like? I want to try it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like how, I don't want to be the last one. Like it was like, you know, stupid teenage talk. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I I think, I think for me, my sort of like spiritual awakening and sexual awakening there contained therein is very much that in life we are constantly being offered different things in the form of instant gratification. Oh, yes. Right? Yes. All the time. And it's in the path of saying no to these things and understanding that, hey, maybe a lot of these like quote-unquote pleasures mm-hmm. are – good in the moment, but taking me away from becoming my higher best self. Absolutely. So if that's the case, then the universe or God or the divine or the source or creator or whatever mm-hmm. your listeners choose to use as the term mm-hmm. um, is giving us these things to test us to perhaps have a chance to grow. Yeah. Now, the thing about sex is that when sex is used as a tool and a medium of true connection, yes. then I think it's it's like, I would even call it a holy act. Mm-hmm. It is like a holy act of two different human beings connecting and becoming one for a moment in time. Yeah. 
And that's how I look at sex. Mm-hmm. That's how I view it. So perhaps the masturbation thing and like the awkwardness that you felt the other time we were on this maybe stems from that, which is, and why would it stem from that? Because maybe I didn't want to go to this level that we're going to right now, just for the sake of your show. I thought it was more yeah. about you know, my book and whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I could talk about what I'm talking about for quite some time, which we're going yeah. to today, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- this is, this is one of the most beautiful mm-hmm incredible human acts that can bring two humans like truly, truly together and unify two people that society is Mm -hmm. generally fed to believe the complete opposite that it's like, you know, who'd you bang last night? Yeah. Was, was she good? Like how Mm -hmm. was her body or like how's, how big is his, it's like, that kind of conversation. And by the way, I used to live in that, in that lane. So I yeah. get it. But five years ago when I you know, learned from their various spiritual gurus around the world, I really saw that that way of being was completely taking me away from the essence and the beauty of what a true human connection mm-hmm. is. Yeah. So uh, anyway, that's a bit of a sort of like, you know, sort of, sort of, I don't know. It's a snippet of like where mm-hmm. I hold on this stuff. Um, and I'd love to, to dive in more. Ask me anything. No, absolutely. Um, I think that that does help provide a lot of context too, even just from my understanding of, of where, where you were at last time. Um, and I'm wondering, I think a lot of people are still stuck in that piece pre five years ago, Julian. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, and I'm wondering, you know, you said that that whole process for you was with these gurus and, and learning this stuff. But I'm, I'm wondering what that looked like for you in practice of how you were transitioning from perhaps this more sexualized um, surface level experience of sex to this very respectful, like holier than thou, like spiritual connection relationship with sex sure okay let me do my best it's a great question if we walk by every person on the street Mm -hmm. and say oh he's hot she's hot oh i'd like to do her or him Mm -hmm. or whatever maybe i'll go pick her up pick him up i bet you they'd be great in bed but that's probably look great naked Mm -hmm. you know whatever or or even and then it gets more sort of like offside mm-hmm. in terms of like you know society's view of the offside um it gets more like vulgar let's just use that yeah if we do that and m- many people do that i think we unconsciously do that though well so that's the thing <laughs> like- you're you're you're, pr- you're probably right taylor unconsciously but part of mm-hmm truly growing is to start to raise the unconscious to become yes. conscious. Yes, exactly. Right? So, exactly. and by the way, I do not speak to anyone on this podcast. Like I'm, you know, like this holier than holy person. I still have to work mm-hmm. on myself with my thoughts every single day. Absolutely. If we look at people like that, consciously or unconsciously, First of all, what are we doing for the connection between two humans? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it is not just like you are a beautiful being in your soul. It is you are a piece of meat that may pleasure me Mm -hmm. and I may have fun with. You know, 
looking at someone's lips as they speak instead of their fucking eyes. Mm-hmm. Like so often, this is how this is how it works. If you ever walk by, I I, I have a couple of um, female staff, and mm-hmm. you know when I walk on the street, like on a nice summer day. It's disgusting how many men you, I, I watch mm-hmm. pass us by and they're just staring at their breasts, yeah. literally. And then they're like lips and then their legs. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking nasty. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is people don't get it that when we let our impulses drive our thoughts and mm-hmm. it can be a two-second thing, yeah. our thoughts are going to be completely different after. And... It's like, do you really want to live a life where it's like, snap, snap, okay, 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 that was kind of disgusting, you shouldn't do that. Okay, now back to being, you know, the person I want to be in public. Oh, that wasn't really good. Okay, now, like, do you want to like, blah, 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 like, a, like, like a ball, like ping pong, like with your own mind? Yeah. Yeah, we got to slow it down. So, and we have to, we, we really, we, we need to be more intentional about how we want to view people. Like, you're a beautiful woman. It's very obvious. Mm-hmm. But like, if I was looking at you like just like some like side piece I'd like to have fun with, I don't think you'd feel as comfortable as you feel right now in my apartment. And I don't think it would be me, you know, showing up to this world mm-hmm. as a respectful man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's, uh, yeah, I totally went off with your question, but that's no, kind of where I met with this. Yeah, no, no, I think all that's great. I, I think there's areas of that I I completely agree with and I and I get the whole like your entire point in that and I I agree with that. Um I'm curious like I certainly like the walking on the street thing and like yeah, like that is obnoxious and like that's uncomfortable and like no one likes to really experience that, I think. Um I think sometimes that does change when there's a mutual attraction there that then it's like, oh, that person notices me, I notice them. I feel that sexual energy there. Um, Can I jump in? Yeah. So two people have that connection, okay? Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, she's hot, he's hot, let's do this. Mm -hmm. They have sex. I call it sports sex in that particular instance. They have sports sex. They really go at it. It feels fucking amazing in the moment. Mm -hmm. I believe that when there is no soul connection and a connection of truly loving each other mm-hmm. what that is going to lead to though yeah is loss and is pain mm-hmm. and it may feel good in that moment and that's instant gratification at work it feels incredible in the moment yeah. but you know what a couple days later after you're finished telling your friends about it or like mm-hmm. masturbating to how good it was mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're lonely mm-hmm and then what? And then it's like, okay, well, now what? Do I, do I do it again? Do I find someone else to fill that void with? And mm-hmm. I think that is the source of a lot of, unintention- of unintentional suffering. And I can tell you that like a decade ago or whatever, before I started to view sex differently, even like pre-five years ago, if I just, you know, slept with somebody who I hardly mm-hmm. knew or, you know, just like had a couple dates with and then we, we went to bed and it didn't go somewhere, I often felt a bit empty after. Hmm. And, you know, it's not a nice feeling. Um, And then the idea also, which I think think is huge, that that I'd love to share as well, which is that, you know, I said you go on a couple of days and and then you have sex and then it doesn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. 
I think one of the biggest problems with why it is so hard to find the right partner today. And, you know, there's so many single people in this Mm -hmm. world of like, you know, you just swipe right or swipe left. There's always someone else is that society jumps into bed way too quickly. And all of a sudden the connection between two people is a connection that is more physical than emotional. Mm -hmm. And, the physical gets in the way of the emotional. The sexual chemistry is so good. The physical connection is so good that all of a sudden, if we were to actually pause on that and not jump into that first, mm-hmm. but actually get to know each other as just yeah. people, we would know much faster if you're the right fit for me and I'm the right fit for you, right? But instead, the sex is so good and that physical connection is so fucking amazing and we're just like on fire Mm -hmm. that we're looking past or not noticing the huge differences between us in terms of our values and our wants and our needs and our personalities and, you know, how we want to show up in the world, whatever. We don't see that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then three months later, six months later, a year later, five years later, Mm -hmm. we're like, Oh my God, every time we had a fight and we were like actually about to do some of the deep work that was needed to really identify if we are compatible or not, we just had makeup sex. Mm, oh, makeup sex, that's the whole topic. <laughs> so, makeup sex is a whole topic. Um, yeah. And I, I agree with you, but I wonder, like, I think a lot of what you're talking about is for people who are also hoping to like enter into a relationship like what about the times when someone does just want to experience that sexual energy and that sexual connection without it perhaps filling some kind of a void emotionally to be able to have a like deep soul connection that maybe they aren't feeling with themselves and so they want to like experience that first before jumping into a sexual relationship good question i think unless Someone's, sports sex. Yeah, unless someone's like a porn star, you know, who's like doing it as their profession, I don't think they can fully disconnect from the mind-body-soul connection that we all possess. Mm-hmm. One may try to. However, I think that the mind-body-and-soul have this deep, deep connection that like even mm-hmm. in our like conscious mind when we're like, no, we're just going to have sex. It's just going to be amazing and that's going to be it. I do think you're giving a little piece of your like mm-hmm. purest self away to that moment. Mm-hmm. And can you expand on what you mean by purest self? Yeah. You know, we're created as pure, you know, perfect people. Like we are like, you know, when we come out of the womb, like we are as like perfect as we can ever be. We're untouched. We're unjaded. Mm-hmm. And as we go through life, we end up giving more and more and more of that true perfection away based on decisions, thoughts, ideas, external things taking us off, you know, the path that we really wanted to be on or know that we're supposed to be on. Um, So sexually, it's just the same. It's like, it's part of that purity, if you will. So I think Mm. that we're giving up a little bit of ourselves every time we, you know, whether, whether I speak badly about you behind your back or whether we have sex and then, we're like, okay, peace out. That was good. 
have a good life. Mm-hmm. I think we're giving up a bit of our purest, highest self every time we do something like this. So it's not just about sex. It's about anything that takes us away from that sort of purity. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you were to survey all your listeners and say, how many times after a one-night stand did you feel better about yourself? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The answer's probably going to be less, you know, I felt worse after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think... I, I hear you on this, and I think the the part maybe that I'm struggling with is, like, I'm thinking in terms of my own personal experiences, and hearing you just say that now, I think you're more, like, referring to things like one-night stands. Uh, I've never experienced a one-night stand before, but I have gone quickly into sex with someone and still have felt like there was an emotional connection, that there was a a blossoming of a soul connection that it didn't feel like I was giving up parts of myself to be intimate with them, but that I really had to challenge myself to let down those walls of wanting some kind of security and commitment in order to experience that openness and that intimacy and that connection. And that it was that experiencing that sexual connection with someone allowed also room for some of that soul connection to occur. Am I making sense with that? I think so. So, and first of all, I just want to be super clear. When I say one night stand, I don't necessarily just mean literally like, you know, you went out at 10 PM and like at midnight you're having sex with someone. Yeah. I mean, you're, it could be a one night stand where like, sure you, that did happen, but no, like that's, that's rare. I don't have, I don't think I have any experience with that type of thing. Yeah. It's much more of, you know, like casual sex. Yeah, just casual sex. So, so I am on the same page. You, you went on a date with somebody, and then you slept that night, or you went on a couple of dates, and you slept, you know, a couple of nights later, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that quick turnaround of getting into bed without really knowing somebody well. That's what yeah. I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we all can have a, uh, that soul connection, that spiritual connection, that whatever connection. Like, you know, you can, like, it's very easy to develop mm-hmm. that with someone. I yeah. think It'd be like you have great energy. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So do you. Awesome. Want to fuck? Like, I just think that, and in my heart, I know that mm-hmm. that yeah, sure, you can do it, and you're going to enjoy it, and mm-hmm. maybe to super, 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 super evolved humans that can literally disconnect from the body, mm-hmm. or can say, you know what, love is great. I have boundless love to give. This is one of the ways that I feel love. If they can actually say that and mean it, mm-hmm. then maybe they, you know, are, are a small subset of people that like, yeah, go have sex, do it, like do it, do it, do it, do it, enjoy. Mm-hmm. However, I think that the vast majority of people, and I would argue, um, you know, that the vast majority of people listening to a popular podcast like yours are people who can't do that. Yeah. Because it's a very mm-hmm. small subset. It's like, you know... It's, it's, it's the healer in Bali. It's like, yeah. it's not the, the average person who has that much of a relationship between their, their, their different parts of their entire being that can be like, no, that was great and I disconnected and now I'm back to my source. It, it just, it, it's, it's a different type of mind. And um, mm-hmm. I think that the, 
And this is no fault of anyone's. I think that most people, though, are really connected to their body, not in a way of like heightened awareness, like I know my body so well. Rather, I don't know the difference between how my body functions and my mind functions and my soul functions. It's just me. Mm -hmm. So if you felt good down there for a few hours, you don't know how to just park that to the side and not let that move into your mind and your soul and start to have different thoughts after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm and throwing I guess, some serious, serious stuff at you. Yeah. And I guess what I'm curious in terms of these thoughts afterwards, if you're thinking that these are thoughts of, uh, you know, searching for things like commitment and where is this kind of thing going and, and all of those kind of thoughts that make it less of a soul connection that make it more of that sport sex. Great question. I think ultimately it comes down to what is someone's values. So do they value having that committed, loving relationship? Do they want to find their life partner? Um, do they want to, you know, maybe create a family um, or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's on, what it might come down to. And on one hand, I think someone can have that value, right, of, of wanting those things, but also knowing that maybe with this specific person that they might not want that thing. Yeah. And I think, like, I guess the only piece that I'm struggling with with all of this is that I do believe, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with, I like, if you're having to totally, like, disconnect yourself, right, like, and, like, feel like you're just a shell of yourself and setting aside your wants and your needs in order to have this sexual connection with someone because you think they're really hot and they're like validating that you're hot and like getting into that. That's one thing. Like that's, that's different. Um, But I think that when there is this kind of like unspoken, but also still having communication about like what you want with that person. And that sometimes that, might just be that sexual experience where you aren't disconnecting any parts of yourself and you are able to show up. And I think, like, I'm on the same page with you in terms of wanting that soul connection, right? And and wanting to be able to be fully present in your highest version of yourself. Um, and I think there have been times, I mean, I've, I've shared this on the podcast before. Uh, there's one guy in Seattle that I occasionally hook up with and it is probably like the purest form of casual sex that you could have. Um, but it's, uh, I've, I've known him for, I knew him for about two years before we actually had sex. We just had like makeouts and would see each other every now and then. Um, there were no expectations of anything. I didn't see anything with him, but I think he's a, a great human. And I always felt very respected by him. I always felt like he was very attentive to me. And then when I finally did kind of let down my wall and felt like I opened myself um, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, all the things, that it was an amazing experience and it felt really good. And I didn't have any of those thoughts after of like, you know, oh gosh, like that didn't feel in alignment with my values or like, oh, like I'm such a slut or like, oh, like he's not, you know, I might not see him tomorrow or hear from him tomorrow. It was like, yeah, no, like I'll 
see you when I see you. And I hope we do that again soon because that was great. But like, you're off to live your life now. And like, I, I, I wish the best and I want the best for you. And, and I'm back off to live my life now. And that was an amazing release and experience and connection that we had that we were both so present in. And I value and I respect what that was and how we both showed up in that moment. But also not feeling like there was any part of us that had to disconnect in order to experience that. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's very well said. First of all, I think that you're a very evolved person when it comes to sex. Your your podcast is all uh, about that, right? I'm I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I think I think you're evolved. I, I I think so. I, I think you are um, like a very small part of the percentage of like the population who like can do what you just did, what you shared that you did. I don't think that many people can do that. Well, but I think it. it I think it also depends. I think it is so situational to that person as well. Like if that had been someone else, I, I might not have been able to have done that. Right. Um, right. And, and again, that was something, you know, two years prior, I was not able to do that. I would have had to have sacrificed a piece of myself in order to be intimate with him. Mm. There was a time. I mean, there was a time. But yeah, there was a time uh, we were making out. And then at one point he almost started going down on me, like in my car. And I was like, whoa, I was like, what's about to happen? And I was like, oh my God. It's an aggressive move. <laughs> it was, but it was also like, very hot but i was just terrified i right. was like wait a second like that's so close and like i don't know if i could do that and i would have had those thoughts afterwards i would have felt insecure and i would have felt like you know am i gonna hear from him and like oh like we're not gonna have an actual connection and like i need to know more about him like we should have gone on a date and like all of those things when two years later i'm more in a place of i can experience sexual pleasure mm -hmm. And not put shame on myself that this isn't turning into a relationship, right? And that I don't have to have this confirmation of commitment. You can do that, but what do you want? What do you want in a year? What do you want in two years? What do you want in five years? Yeah, yeah. So you're talking like way bigger picture. And, yeah. I, think, and I think it also is, again, specific to the person. Like with him... I don't want that. Right. He's 15 years older than me. Um, so, like, I'm not going to have children with him. <laughs> um, that's not, like, something I see there, right? So I'm able to have that experience with him. And perhaps someone else that I see um, that I do want some of those things with that I'm like, whoa, yeah, like, long-term picture. Like, I see how we connect and I see, like, our values and I'm looking at this much differently. I don't think that I would necessarily hold off on having like an intimate experience with that person because I see that bigger picture. I think that there's a way that your sexual connection with them can be a part of building that. But I see what you mean of not when it's not wanting it to be like the entire relationship. Right. And just letting it be completely about the sex. Right. The sex. <laughs> the sex. And if we don't, if a person doesn't ask themselves, what do I want when it comes to my, you know, my sex life, my relationship life, yeah. finding a partner, if they don't ask themselves and know what it is that they want, then here's the thing. Yes, you can have, not you, one per, one can have amazing, amazing sex with a partner, sure. And if they're, if they're able to disconnect and not feel shame after, okay, great, great, mm -hmm. enjoy. But here's the thing. The being, our being, mm -hmm. is much smarter 
than our conscious being. Our deep, deep, all-knowing, true intuitive self Mm -hmm. is much smarter than that person who says, yeah, I'm just going to bang or I'm just going to eat that chocolate cake Mm -hmm. at 1 a.m. with a bottle of red. Or mm-hmm. I'm just going to go and do that line because like it feels good right now, right? Deep down, yeah. our highest self knows so much more and it knows what's best for us. So here's the thing. If I say to myself that I want to be with the right partner, mm-hmm. okay, and I want to find something of meaning, of depth, and that's truly what I want deep down – but I know this girl and, you know, I've known her for two years. We have a great friendship. We can have sex and we're, it's going to be great. We're going to feel really good. We're going to enjoy it. And then we're going to say goodbye and I'm not going to expect a text or she's not going to expect to hear from me. And it's going to be like, you know, move on all good. Maybe two months later, we'll do it again, but there's no expectations. Okay. And it's that joyful sort of experience that you had kind of shared. You, you, you did. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. If a person knows what it is that they want down the road, or even if they don't consciously know, but their higher self knows, mm-hmm. yeah. by doing that, we are moving a bit further away from the version of ourselves that we actually want to be. A, and B, and B is big. If I just slept with that, you know, that, 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 that good friend of mine who's like okay with having that casual sex once in a while, and then my future life mate, my partner, my true kindred connection walks by me or happens to be set up, you know, matched, like, like someone, someone says, hey, Julian, mm-hmm. you got to meet this person or whatever the case might be. Because I just filled a particular need, I don't think that I would then show up to this next person as fully because I've been satisfied in one area, which is so closely connected. So Mm. does that make sense? So Mm. I don't think, you know, I I know too many people, too many people come to me for coaching and and various, various workshops and they'll say, you know, I really want to find the right person, but I, you know, just slept with this person, slept with that person, whatever. It was casual. It was nice. It was great. But you know, it wasn't really like, I knew it wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. We're not able to just differentiate between the two. Like, right, in, in the conscious moment, you might say, well, that was that. Was that. I'm going to park that over here as casual, but really I'm looking for real. But by giving up a bit of yourself to enjoy the casual, you've now taken away from some of that true want and, and yearning, let's say. And how about even better word, being receptive and open and available. Yeah, I think. To what you really want. First, though, I, I don't necessarily think that when you do that, that you're moving away from what you want, because what if part of what you want is also to be able to experience yourself as a sexual being and to be open to that? Like, I think that's also valid. I don't think that if your long term goal is like, yeah, you want to have like a lifelong partner, right? And you want to have a family with someone and have this committed relationship. Like, I think there's space for both both of those along the way but I do agree that you sometimes are not fully receptive and open to things if your mind is elsewhere right like like if if you you are focused on that previous casual sex encounter and are like oh well you know why am I not hearing from them and like 
oh, you know, I want to see them again, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you might not see that person that walks by you because your mind is potentially still Mm hyper-focused on that relationship showing up in a way that it's not going to. Your conscious mind, definitely, and your unconscious mind. It doesn't even know because it feels the satisfaction satisfaction of the moment that happened last night. I could put the perfect guy in front of you the next day and you you're not you're not feeling that same desire. You don't think you can still be like open and like feel that because not as much. No. No, not as much. There's no way. Like I mean that is like a that's like ninja level disconnection. Well, so then have but the you mind, never mind, body, and soul are all connected. But so then have you never like dated more than one person at a time? Like how many dates? <laughs> that's a serious question. I don't know. Like once I go on a couple dates with someone or like say three dates with someone, then I'm not going to date anyone else. Cuz it's like wh- why would I do that? Like it, it's 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 not it's not no, no. So that's that's my answer to your question. <laughs> I got it. I got where, it. I think, where, where, where I, think I know. I know. I know where you stand with this. Where are you going? <laughs> where, where, where are you? Well, I was going to the Take to the there. to the notion that I believe that we can hundred percent love more than one person at a time. That we can be in love with more than one person at a time. And so, I don't. Yes, you can. Yeah. But and so, how deep is your love? How deep, how deep is your love? I was hoping someone would do that. <laughs> how deep do you want yeah. your love to go? But see, I don't think that loving one person invalidates your love for another. No, it, it doesn't invalidate. Be, it can be different. But it puts a cap on how deep you're going to go with one person when you have love for five or three or two. Perhaps in terms of time management, right? But I think in terms of quality of that connection, I don't necessarily think like one can only go as deep but that they would just be different i think there's a there is an infinite amount of love in this universe but there is a finite amount of love for a partner to give to another partner yeah i guess maybe if i if you and i are together and i'm like all into you and you're all into me like no all of me loves all of you yeah that would be very sweet (laughs) just we're just gonna start singing all kinds of songs it would it would it would get i mean the 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 purest look the the love that i want Mm -hmm. is the kind of love where our sex gets better every year that we're together Mm-hmm. Because we are truly in love, mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, we have each other's back for real, for real, for real, for real. Yeah. And the more I learn about my partner, the more I love her, and the better I can pleasure her, mm-hmm. and the better the mutual masturbation, like we started mm-hmm. talking about, you know. You don't even need it because it's like, I know you inside and out. You are my, you, you are like as close to me as, as, as one can be. Hmm. The deeper we go in that path and call, call me a bit of a hopeless romantic I or hear fairy it. I hear tale. it coming through. Yeah. But <laughs> coming out. But if you look into a lot of 
the sort of, you know, spiritual uh, ideology around true, deep, deep love. It, the idea is that a partner mm-hmm. will fall deeper in love with their partner as they age and the sex will improve as they age. It is not the opposite. It is not this like mainstream societal thinking, which is like, how the fuck could I be with one person for more than 50 years? That's insane. You know how many guys I hear say that? Yeah. And it's like, okay, good luck, man. Like you want to like, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not saying that it doesn't come with challenges. Yeah, I was going to say the the relationships that turn out in that way where the love gets deeper every year and the sex gets better every year, the people that are continuously dedicated and putting in that work to be curious about each other, to continue to learn about each other, yeah, to continue to it. check in with one another, that they are committed that to that work of investing and nourishing the relationship. 100%. Yeah, I almost 100%. sang a song about work for a second, but I, I didn't. Work, yeah. work, work, work. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. 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 It, it, or Charlotte Day Wilson. It's going to take a bit of work. <laughs> Taylor, the thing about the work when it comes to the relationship is that it's in that work that the relationship actually hits a new high. Yeah. You know? And mm-hmm. and I so, so that's... See, I'm I'm all about living life with intention. Yes. And like that is yes. that that is how I operate. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can tell you that sure, you know, we can disconnect and have sex right now, and it'll be great. But it's taking me away from the intentional way that I am living. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's where this whole thing sort of like we have to draw a line in the sand is like, hey, everybody, what is your intention for your mm-hmm. life? And if you do not want to, you know, have that marriage or have that totally committed relationship one day or whatever. Then, yeah, do you right yeah. now? Sure. Because it's not going to then become a misalignment of your intention or a misalignment of your, of your values, yeah. right? But if there's so much unnecessary suffering created by people who are like, mm-hmm. I really want to find the right person, but until then, let's have some fun. Yes. No, wake 100%. the fuck up. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. It doesn't because energetically – you might be having fun on Tuesday night and you know what? Wednesday and Thursday of your life are going to look a lot different. Yeah, and I think the like the disconnecting piece, I think if you have to disconnect a part of yourself in order to be intimate with someone else that you maybe sh- maybe that's not a good partner for you to be being intimate with. Right. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm glad you used the word intention because I was thinking about that earlier of like I think – a lot of what it does come down to is making sure that you're being intentional with your sexual life, right? That like who you are choosing to be intimate with is purposeful, is intimate, is... I don't, I don't necessarily think it has to have meaning, right? A, or a deep meaning. I think the meaning of it can be that you want to experience sexual pleasure, right? Or you want to explore something sexually with someone. Um, but I... I think that that intention and knowing the purpose for you and how that is or isn't in alignment with your values and with your true self is super important because then if you are just consistently having sex with people for validation or to fill a void or to disconnect yourself to hope that like something comes of it or whatever the case is, then you're just becoming more and more disconnected with yourself. You got it. Yeah. That's exactly what's happening. And that hurts and that sucks. And I think that's a really painful place that like hookup culture has yeah. put a lot of people in. Yeah. It and created has. a lot of shame around sex in and of itself when really it's just the fact that it was 
not intentional and it was not, um, it was disconnected. Yeah. But that it's not the shame around the fact that you had sex. It's hurtful and something to change or do differently because there's this disconnection and there's not the respect. There's not the trust. There's not the connection and the intention. Totally. It's very well said. And I, that's, that's where this conversation really needs to go for every individual. Mm -hmm. They have to ask themselves, what is my intention? What's your intention, Julian? With what? (laughs) What's your intention with your life? What's your intention with your relationships? Well, I just turned 36 a few days ago. Mm-hmm. I've been in a few very uh, good relationships, mm-hmm. uh, but none led to marriage. I'm just, I've never been married. Um, I'd like this year to meet the right person and to actually, you know, by my 37th, have a meaningful, loving, honest, amazing relationship mm-hmm. with a woman. What does the right partner mean? You know... It's funny. If you asked me like years ago, you know, <laughs> I had like a long list, <laughs> yep, right? You, yep. know, you know what I'm talking about? The list? Yep, yep. It's, it's, it's really gotten a lot more condensed mm-hmm. in recent time. Yeah. And it's not desperation. That's realizing that, you know, like the perfect person does not exist. Yeah. It's within imperfect beauty mm-hmm. that the real beauty lies. Oh, yes. Just rewind that listen again can we quote that make Mm -hmm. it an instagram caption yep 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 um so honestly for me it's kind of simple i want to be with a woman that takes care of herself on the inside and out Mm -hmm. and is truly kind kindness man yeah i've been talking about kindness a lot kindness i love and i want but it scares the out of me <laughs> yeah we, we were talking about that earlier <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm hold on before we go into kindness my last thing is yeah. that i want to be with someone who wants to build a family mm-hmm. and I, that that's that speaking of intention you know that is something that like it doesn't just happen by yeah. accident like like if you if you want it you know you you think about life differently you think about yourself differently mm-hmm. you know you treat yourself differently you treat how you work differently you treat yeah. how you love you know you treat your body differently all that stuff because you want to show up mm-hmm. And so, so that would be it. Someone who takes care of themselves on the inside and out. Someone who's kind and someone who wants to have a family. Ladies, you heard it. <laughs> Slide in. Wow, look at that. Slide in at Julian Brass. <laughs> Slide in. <laughs> you are hilarious. <laughs> no, I think, I think those, those three things make a lot of sense, especially for your last point, like, in order to build a family with someone, it makes sense that they would have those first two things. Right. Those little prereqs, maybe. Totally. Totally. Solid prereqs. Yeah. Yeah. And back to what we were saying, kindness. It's mm-hmm. so true. Like, you know, if yeah. this was a bit more of a kind world and we'd, if we just like operated from a place of, you know, am I being kind right now? Mm-hmm. You know? Or not. There is... Yeah. There is... It, it, it shifts like it just shifts how we show up to you know order our coffee or mm-hmm. say thank you to whatever or, or you know in that business meeting yeah. you know it's not like this culture of like you know sink or swim mm-hmm. like needs to be the only way to live I mean yeah. there's a much better way you can like you can swim mm-hmm. and be really kind to yourself and others as you do yeah yeah I actually just had 
conversation around kindness because I've been struggling with it and with this specific person who is being so kind and I'm just like, why are you so nice? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, you know, it was a very simple thing of, of my backpack is incredibly heavy as I move around with all my podcast stuff and my laptop. And it feels like it's like 50 pounds. It's okay. really fucking heavy. Okay. And of him asking if I wanted to switch backpacks. Like, I wasn't saying anything. Like, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to walk around my heavy-ass backpack. <laughs> uh, I can, like, but... picture you in that heavy bag. It's kind of... It's, it's I can intense. see it. Yeah. And, um... So what happened? He grabbed your bag? He said, let me help you? Yeah, well, he was like, do you want to switch backpacks? And I was like, in my head, you know, I'm like, yeah, I really do. But also, like, I don't want you to feel like I need you to. And I don't, like, is this just, you're just being nice, like, just to be nice. But, like, is this, you know, months down the road, you're going to be like, Taylor, like, carry your own backpack. Like, you know what I mean? And so I was, I don't know. I I pushed back against it. And I was like, I do. But, like, why do you want to? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, that to me was important. I was like, what's your intention in being nice to me? Yikes. (laughs) Okay. And, that um, intention thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Showed up a little differently there. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I did ask. I was like, if I was like your guy friend, would you ask to switch backpacks too? Or is this just because like, you know, you don't have sex with me? And, did you um, ask these questions? Yeah, yeah. Good. What do you say? Apparently, I like making people feel a little uncomfortable. Was the was um, was the podcast recording? Were you guys holding mics while this happened or no? No. <laughs> but um, yeah, he just said yeah. Like if he looked like he was struggling and and I wasn't, like I would ask and I would take that on if it was something I was able to do. And good answer. And I was like, okay, then yes, I want to switch backpacks. <laughs> Very and good. I, and I have a lot of my own like personal reflecting to do on that piece, but um thought it might be helpful to share just in terms of like intention Uh and kindness and like being open to accepting that like next time he asks i'm not going to push back i still might inquire right but not that's in a way of like pushing yeah yeah i love that you shared that anecdote and i want to say that i think uh there is a big shift that needs to happen where women can embrace kindness and men can embrace kindness more mm-hmm. than they currently do. Yeah. Uh, I can, I can tell you that, you know, I remember when I was younger, especially dating, it's like, you know, that saying nice guys finish last. Yeah. We were like trained to all of a sudden, like put up like an asshole front to girls. Yeah. And if you think about how many Ooh. guys still hold that mm-hmm. card yep, and whether they're doing it on purpose or it just became them. Yes. Oh, this is, this is a big one. I, I, I even said in this conversation last night, I said, yeah, you know, and I don't just ask because, you know, context, my last relationship, I did have to ask for that. Like I had to ask, like, can you just, will you just be sweet to me? Like, we just be nice. And I told him, I said, you know, I don't have trouble accepting your niceness just because of that. Like even in the past, I have struggled with this. Um, but <laughs> What what speaks to this whole nice guys finish last thing and being trained in that thought even was I had actually heard from a friend that my ex had said to him while we were together that he thought that I really loved this notion that I had to chase him for his affection. And 
that I didn't have to do that with other people, and so that made me excited to do with him. Wow. And I thought, wow, it's really difficult for you to, like, give affection to someone. You think that that's something that people will only want to experience with you when you're an ass, and, like, they have to earn that affection. Mm -hmm. And that it's something you're, like, holding up, right? That you're, like, well... I'm only going to give it to you if this, right? That like I'm holding on to that to that I'm an asshole vibe because that will mean that I'm wanted. That will mean that I'm attractive and that women love the 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 chase in that, right? And that again goes to this whole like nice guys finish last. Like the girls don't want to be with the nice guy. The girls want to be with like the cool asshole guy. And right. it's like that's so fucking twisted. Yeah. And like once I heard that too, I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was like, I ain't doing no more chasing. Uh-uh. Right, right, right. I was like, you're going to be chasing this as I walk out the door. Yeah. I'm done. Good. Be done. Yeah. Be done. There shouldn't be there shouldn't be so much chasing. It's all Yeah. No, 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 no. And you know, the one one thing that I'm so passionate about and uh, you know, in the very near future I'm launching uh, an online course that is basically the own your anxiety online course the four-week course Amazing. and it's, it's for everybody and it's like it's it's totally not like a gender thing mm-hmm. okay but in the new year like probably later on like mm-hmm. like after this course is finished and i can really give it a lot of concentration and love mm-hmm. i actually want to get into dedicating a small part of my time to only helping men yeah, that's needed. Because, exactly, it's needed. Mm-hmm. Part of it is because men have been conditioned to think nice guys finish last. Yeah. And they're taught that at a young age. In, mm-hmm. like, in, like, of course, there's exceptions. But for yeah. the most part, we are taught mm-hmm. you've got to be so strong. You can't be open about your feelings. Yep. You're a pussy if you're sensitive. Mm-hmm. All this shit, we're fed yeah. it. And, yeah. and I mean, my own journey with anxiety, it would not have been as severe as it was, uh, what, 12 years ago now when I first got it, had I been open to talking about it. But yeah. in my mind, I heard all the voices that said, you better not talk about it. If you talk mm-hmm. about this, you are a joke. Yeah. So You're not a man. You're not a man. Mm-hmm. And you can't be an entrepreneur. You can't build a business and all these things. Yeah. So, you, so you have to understand that this, this, this thing about, you know, it's not just from like, you know, the guy's father, let's say, or the guy's boss or the guy's hockey coach who says that. Mm-hmm. It's also how women treat men. Because by women not embracing the guy who's just trying to be a nice guy. Well, I think that becomes foreign because women are also trained from children that the guy that's throwing sand at you at the playground likes you. That's a true, true, true point. That's a very good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that he can't so, show his feelings yeah, of I like you. Yeah. So he's going to be like, uh-huh. And then the girl has to be like, oh, wait, that's because he likes me. Right, okay. So when a guy then is actually nice, it's like... What the fuck yes, is that? Yes, yes, yes. It's like I'm used to this dude throwing sand at me, and like that's how he likes me, and that's playful, and that's like uh-huh. you know this uh-huh. and that. Uh-huh. And it's like mm-mm. right, mm-mm. right. So that it's a huge thing. You just brought up the, the female side, which is so true. I'm bringing up the men's side. I mean, obviously, we know these sides more more well than the other. <laughs> yep. That is so true. And if we can start to be a little more conscious and change yeah. that a little more, I. In terms of this, like, I can tell you as a man, in terms of, you know, I, I have tons of guy friends and, you know, I work with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. The the opportunity for the society to be so much more healed yeah. is, is, is resting 
partially on men being able to just, you know, be kinder. Yep. And know that you can still be a strong, Mm -hmm. dependable, driven force in the world who can also operate with your heart. Yeah. You know, and... That's another Instagram quote right there. You know, it's a good thing we're recording this because I don't even remember these (laughs) things after they come out of my mouth. You're full of them. (gasps) It's fantastic. Um, Yeah, I, I think there's so much... To learn on both ends. Um, For sure. Something I, th- I think you'd really enjoy. Uh, my One of my girlfriends, Liz Plank, she just came out with a book, uh, For the Love of Men, about mindful masculinity. Cool. And I think you would super appreciate that. And she is also just such a force. And I absolutely love her. Um, Liz, I'll, I'm coming for you. Yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you some of her info and also her book. Um, but yeah, I... I really hate that I have to leave Same. right now Same. because we can keep on going with all kinds of topics. Yeah, where would this go next? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would be fantastic though. Um, so yeah, you're probably just going to be like another reoccurring, like this is probably going to happen again at some point. Um, awesome. To have you on again. Awesome. Because, awesome. This is two. Yeah. Let's go for the, the home run. Yeah. 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 It's... It's always great content you bring in and love how you show up. Well, just you like bring it out of me. <laughs> I did, I did, I did push a little bit. I did push a little bit. But, the- but you were in the middle of complimenting me. You love how I show up and you love <laughs> yes. my, my, my eyes that are a little bit kind of green when the sun hits them yes. on a certain angle. Yeah. What else slight were you hazel saying? Tint. Yeah, slight yes, hazel tint. Yes, a slight hazel. Yeah, great beard. Great yeah, beard. Oh, thank you. Yep. I'll let uh, Tony the barber know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good job, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I think like... The discom- there, there's a lot of discomfort in, in all of this, right? And like the dynamics between men and women, um, the dynamics of, of dating and, you know, a whole other category of this is for like non-heterosexual relationships and sure. non-cisgendered people as well. But um, there's there's so much discomfort in all of it, which I think is why these conversations need to happen. Mm-hmm. And let me just say within that discomfort, a lot of anxiety is coming up. Oh, yeah. Got to bring it full circle to the anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's real. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. real, right? And yeah. it's like that is where a lot of it is emerging from. Yeah. And then it's showing up in different parts of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that anxiety of like, do I send a double text? Are they going to call back? Right. Like, there's there's so much anxiety around relationships and, and, and dating. Yeah. Um, I'm putting my filter on right now because I was a, like, I could, I could go deep into that. There's a section in the book about dating smarter and yeah, I want to tell you more, but I'm not going to, cause you have to go and I should probably do something as well. Yes. I have to go and do a, another recording now, Okay, but we're going to have you back on at one point and we're going to talk more <laughs> about anxiety and I'll think of more things to make you uncomfortable because Perfect. through that uncomfortable initial conversation, look at all the fantastic things we talked about. It's in the discomforts that we grow. Boom. Another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, I've already said it a few times, but if people want to find you, where could they follow you? Where could they check you out? Where do they slide in the DM? Yeah. So at Julian Brass on Instagram, my website's julianbrass.com. Uh, I want to invite everyone listening to subscribe to my life letter. Mm-hmm. This is something that I send out every single morning. It's a very, very brief piece of inspiration. Mm-hmm. For instance, some of these like quotes that are just coming out of my mouth, like, yep. like this is just 
basically what people can wake up with, yeah. but a little bit longer, a little more thought out. So that's julianbrass.com slash subscribe. And Taylor, for anyone listening who does want to like go deeper than even what my Own Your mm-hmm. Anxiety book can go, uh, get on my email and my Insta and stay tuned because my online course will be launching soon. Mm-hmm. And it is literally a 30-day complete hmm. shift on how a person lives with anxiety. Dang. That sounds powerful. very exciting. It's going to be really powerful. That sounds very exciting. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for coming. You're welcome here anytime. Yeah, this is amazing. Thank you. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for making it all the way through and keeping your ears, your hearts, and your minds open. It would mean so much to me if you could take a second or two after listening to this episode to leave a review on iTunes and let me know what you're enjoying about the show. I love reading you know, what your favorite episodes are, where you guys listen, um, and definitely feel free to share this with a friend. I mean, part of how we break down the stigmas around these topics is by talking about them, right, and, and sharing them with more people. So definitely share the podcast. Um, and again, really wanting to include all of you in this podcast. So if you have questions or you want to share a thought or an experience, please send in a voice memo to ask.letstalkaboutit at gmail.com. And I'm really excited to keep having these conversations and uh, breaking down these stigmas. So thank you all so, so, so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll talk to you next time. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 